Hey, thanks for listening to Unleashing Kingdom Voices. Join me or a guest as we unlock some secrets to AI, to personal development, to finding your voice. Join us now as we help you unleash your voice. Hey, thanks again for listening or watching. I'm Teresa Croft. It's all about your voice and all about your voice surviving trauma. I'm so excited to bring my guests up to you, Ryan Brady. I'm going to bring up and say, hey, Ryan and I met at a mastermind. And it was so funny, Ryan. I was sitting across from him and he was talking to a brilliant lady. And I kept thinking he was saying TikTok. So after the breakfast was over, I went up to him. I said, TikTok? And he said, no, TED Talk. And then he proceeded to be just so gracious and sharing his story. And we sat down. I tried to do an interview. And let me tell you what, this man, this young man has a story of hope in the midst of things you have no control of, trauma and tragedy. Please, please help me bring, welcome Ryan Brady. Hey, Ryan, good to see you, man. Hey, Teresa, good to chat again. I think it, it feels like it's been so long since that mastermind, but it's only been, yeah. what, like a month. Yeah, isn't that funny how time goes? And yeah, that was a great one. We were both at Build Your Brand Live AI Mastermind with uh, Jen Gottlieb and our wonderful husband, Chris Winfield. So we've got definitely common interests of yeah. how to expand people's voices and use AI. And But that's not why we're going to begin talking, because Ryan shared a story <clears throat> about his TED Talk experience. But before we go into that TED Talk experience, just give us a little bit of background, Ryan, What's what, where you come from, and you can lead up. Sure. Sure. So... Um... I am originally from Northern California, um, the Bay Area to be exact. Um, I grew up there kind of in the, in the bubble of what was normal um, and got used to that. Um, everything always been, you know, taken care of for me, just the typical suburb, you know, upper middle class type family. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of, I, I got used to that and I trusted in that bubble a little bit too much. Wow. And then it was the moment that I really trusted in that bubble. Um, like, oh, nothing bad can happen to me. All that stuff that's only in the movies, that's not real. Um, well, can I dive into that yet? Or, or do you want to, do you want me to slow down there? Yeah, no, okay, go for it. That's, you're setting the stage for that very well. So go for it. Sure. So it was August 30th, 2017. And I was driving to school with my little brother. I was 17. He was 15. It was my senior year of high school, his, uh, his sophomore year. And like a, you know, dumb teenager, we all have those moments. Um, for me, it was, I was speeding. It was a uh, speed limit was 25 miles per hour. I was going 39. And my younger brother, 15 at the time, he tells me, hey, Ryan, I think you should slow down. I say, oh, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're, we're going to be okay. We'll be fine. And then right as we go around the next turn, this is like 20 seconds after he says that, there's a construction truck that's driving over the line in the middle of the road. And if I hit the brakes in that moment, I know I'm going to kill the truck driver, kill myself and kill my little brother, kill my younger brother. So anything, literally anything seemed better than that. Um, so I turned to the right to avoid that truck and we go off an 80 foot cliff car flips mm -hmm. six times going down. Um, and you know, there was no road to turn into. It was just the cliff, but literally anything seemed better than, the other option, right? Um, I'm at the bottom of the cliff. I'm unconscious. Um, 
I owe my life to my little brother. He, my arm was bleeding out. He was courageous enough and brave enough to, um, you know, put his, put his hands on my arm and stop me from bleeding. Wow. And, um, fortunately, physically he was, he was all right. Um, of course he has the, you know, he remembers the experience very vividly, um, whereas it's a lot hazier in my head from the moment I made that decision. Um, and me just sitting one foot from him, you know, him being in the passenger seat, me being in the the driver's seat. Um, I break my neck, my wrist, Mm -hmm. my elbow, my collarbone, my back, and I have what's called a TBI, traumatic brain injury. I'm in a coma for a week. Um, I wake up from the coma and TBIs are all like uh, fingerprints in the sense they're all totally unique. Um, And for me, mine affected me in a very interesting way, which was I woke up having forgotten. So the way the doctors explained it to me, my brain injury was in my, and I might be butchering this, but it was in the gray matter of my brain, which they explained it as there's the the dark matter in your brain and there's the gray matter. The gray, the dark matter is like the storage and the gray matter is like, the wires that connect the storage. And they said, Ryan, it's, it's like your gray matter, the wires, they just got all crumpled up and, and split and broken those kinds of things. So I woke up from the coma and it was very difficult for me to access my long-term memory. Wow. So I woke up and I forgot how to speak English oh. and I'd forgotten how to walk. So I woke up from the coma. I could understand English totally fine, which is really interesting, but I could only speak. I couldn't produce it. Wow. It's like, disconnect in the brain there and that was interesting and um my parents don't speak spanish but i woke up from the coma only able to speak in spanish which was interesting interject something you really did take a bullet for your brother because i i think i saw the the picture of your wreck and Mm. no he has the trauma of dealing with that but no doubt about it you took a bullet for your brother so what's it called? Your brain injury is called something. What's it called again? The what do you mean? Uh, the label that I hate to say labels, but you have you're a survivor of a TBI. It's just an acronym. Yeah, traumatic brain injury TBI. Traumatic brain injury. Yeah. So yeah, I did it to myself. I've no, I'm not a victim of it. I, it was a situation I completely put myself in. So no, no victim of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't fear a victim. That's pretty awesome to say that because you could truly rise up in that mentality. So 100%. you woke up speaking Spanish. So did you have right. to learn the English language all over again or over time? Did it come back? Great question. So because I had lived in Mexico for like a two month program this summer before to okay. compensate for my long-term memory, not being able to be accessed, it pulled my short-term memory. Right. And for me, that was speaking in Spanish. And it was not, you know, fluent whatsoever, but it was good enough that I could communicate in it. Um, And the recovery of English was a mix of therapy um, in, in, you know, inpatient, in actual recovery centers um, or therapy centers and outpatient as well. So we, they called it speech therapy. When I really looked at them, I was like, okay, it's speech, but it's more than that. It's like cognitive therapy, really. It's like they would, you know, wow. help you with your pronunciation, help you like hold up a, hold up a, a you know, this, say, what do you call this? And I, just heard, I don't know what that's called. That's a water holder. That's um, like those kinds of things that it, it, it didn't click for me. Right. So it was a mix of both. It was teaching as well as um, the brain recovering. So you were 17 when this happened. How old are you now? I'm 23 now. 
So in those years, has this been like, I mean, you're a, you're an ambitious young man. I mean, we're talking, this guy's gone for a TED talk. Okay. We'll talk about that in a sec, but how was your, what was the source of you to continue to push yourself and rise out of that condition? Because you could have stayed there as a victim, but I do not see talking to a victim here. Sure. So, and this is really interesting because it get, kind of gets into the source, right, of, of that kind of ambition. And <laughs> it, gets, it even gets me to think, right, because I think of when I was in it recovering, I think it was a combination of two things. One, it was because I'd forgotten what I was used to and the kind of narratives that I was used to, the long-term memory, I, I thought I was on a vacation, I thought, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a three week vacation away from school. And it was, it was nice. Cause I, I mean, in my head, at least objectively, yeah. there was people were bringing me in how like breakfast in bed every day, which I was like, wow, this is an amazing hotel. Amazing. Um, there was always a nurse with me. And so because I had forgotten what was normal, it was almost like this was no big deal. It was, there was, wow. there wasn't anything that was new with it. It wasn't, it wasn't nearly the significance it would have had if I was continued, you know, my previous thought patterns. Right. Um, so I think it was, that was one thing, but also my, my mom actually mentioned this to me and I started thinking about it. I was like, wow, she was right. There was not a single moment in the entire, from the point that it happened to the recovery that I complained, not a single point. That's so cool. And I think, so it gets into the question of how much of that was because I forgot what was normal and how much of that was, just my previous, I guess, way of thinking. So I, I, I couldn't balance that for you. I'm not, I don't know the answer to that question. It's kind of a mix of both. And I still search for the answer to that question is where, where does that ambition come from, from going through that? Um, but I think after going through that and recovering what, where it kind of sits with me, was it, you know, really affirms the belief that everything happens for a reason. And i I believe that. And when I tell that to certain people, I get interesting reactions because everybody thinks has a different opinion on that. Right. Yeah. But my perspective is every, everything happens for a reason. You get to choose the reason. Exactly. And that's, that's where the free will comes in. Yeah. Um, Can I give so, you what I think that was? I think, absolutely. I think it was lined in your DNA from birth that you would be a go-getter. And that you had this tragedy you turned that tragedy and you're turning it into triumph. So I really believe, I mean, I believe in God. I really believe that sometimes you're just lying for it. And sometimes you have to have the crash. Yours was a little right. crash. Other people have to have the crash to really turn them around. It might be a crash in a marriage. Mm-hmm. It might be a crash in a death somewhere. Right. I don't think, I think I don't want to get into God to cause that. God allows things. But the beautiful thing, Ryan, is you, you you're amazing that you were able to come through this with the dogged, the dogged determination. So I, mm. I think parents did a great job of raising you too. Yeah. Life was carefree, but I bet you, you appreciate life every single day. Oh, yeah. Do you know? Oh, hundred percent. And I think you, you bring up something really interesting there, which was before this happened, I was an unmotivated. I was stoner. I was, you know, into all that kind of lifestyle that was where's the next place I can, you know, party this next weekend, get high this next weekend. That was my life when I was, you know, 17 years old. Um, And I think the way I see this was the universe, God, higher power, 
source, whatever you call it. It's like, hey, kid, like you have so much potential. Like yeah. you're, you're just throwing it in the trash. Like it we got to smack. It was lying dormant underneath yeah. all that stuff. Right. right. And, and think so that I think- causes crashes, but the fact, the way you're coming out of it does show underneath the the drugs underneath it just where's the next mm-hmm. part was the real you and 100%. so so um take us back to the next last two years how have you go ahead and lead up to your ted talk how did you start to continue sure. to rise up i mean i see a very determined talented young man who's only 23 i can only imagine the stages and the places you're going to speak into people's lives because of the way you handled this. So let's take the last couple of years. Where have you been? What's been going on? We'll be right back. Meanwhile, check out TeresaCroft.com. Just a short break. Meanwhile, check out TeresaCroft.com. Sure. So, it was, um, I guess I'll start after the accident, right? So a few years after, about two years after, I was working as a, as a, like a barista, like a person that runs a cashier at a coffee shop. Um, this was in Northern California at the time. Okay. And someone came up to me and they had heard me taking an order for someone in Spanish. And they asked, well, how do you speak Spanish? And and this guy, I told him the story that I kind of just told you waking what? up, you know, only able to speak it and it really helping me actually recover. And then me really diving deeper into that. And he said, this is the first time I'd ever heard someone said that, say this to me. And it just was a paradigm shift was you got to give a Ted talk. And I was like, what? That's Interesting. Good. And I thought that's the first person to ever kind of recognize that this idea, this story could turn into something like that. And it was an interesting yeah. reframe for me. And then about a, I went back to university in Madrid um, after working that summer as a, as a barista and I had gotten accepted to a program for the following year that didn't accept the credits in the first year that I was going to do. Okay. So in my head, it was my grades don't matter. Credits aren't going to transfer. And it was kind of that whole, that dilemma, that dichotomy. And I didn't explain it to uh, my family well enough that when I came back to visit for Thanksgiving that year, I remember my mom, my mom asked me, Brian, how are your grades? Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm the firstborn child of, of three boys. And so, you know, firstborns, we got to break those barriers yeah. uh, for the parents. And I said, oh, I'm failing all my classes. And as any mother can probably understand, you, you tell your kid when they say that, especially if you don't know the context, it's like, what's going on? What are you doing? You're, you're a failure, blah, blah, blah. And I left Thanksgiving that year. I said, I want to do something so big, so great, where she will understand that I'm working really hard and so forth, right? And that was when I kind of, I went back and dove into, I want to do a TED Talk. Because that's something that was so big that would get her to understand I'm doing something, you know, big with my life. I'm not wasting it. Um, And so I do owe, you know, a lot to my mom for putting that pressure on me. And even though she doesn't realize it, that really helped me when when she did that. Okay. So I go back in January. Um, and I think, okay, I'm going to write the script for my Ted talk. I take about a, a year, eight months to write the script. I hire a script writer to work with me, with me. And I write the entire script for this Ted talk that I think is a Ted talk, but it wasn't. Um, 
and I send it to the TEDx organizer of my hometown, which was TEDx Marin, okay. uh, which is in Northern, Northern California. And yeah. the guy's name is Bob Ayers, was the organizer at the time. I'm not sure if he still is, yeah. um, but I get, I get an email back from him. It says, Ryan, great script, but this is not a TED Talk. I think, oh, crap. Like, I just wasted a year of my life writing a script. Why was it not a TED Talk? Because it was focused on a story, not an idea worth spreading. Because the idea that I, I had pitched to him was learning from life's events as opposed to the school system. And, of course, for anybody that's, you know, years out of college, you kind of figure that out yourself and it becomes yeah. common knowledge. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I thought it was a TED idea worth spreading. I thought it was new. It was cutting edge, but it wasn't. I didn't realize yes. it at the time. No. And so I give up. I yeah. got that message from him and thought, oh, okay, I'm done. I thought you could only apply to the TED Talk in your hometown, and I just quit. Wow. Then I, uh, I had worked on another project, which was a co-living incubator for student entrepreneurs to kind of live in an environment where they could basically help them get the success they were looking for. Okay. And one of the students we were helping, he, through this method that we taught, he got his dream internship at Formula One, which was, he was, wow. you know, he's from France and he, we were in Madrid at the time and he got his internship there. And I thought, wait, if he could do this, yeah. why don't I talk to other TEDx speakers and see what I can learn from talking to them. Wow. And so I started messaging people on LinkedIn that were TEDx speakers because I figured if anybody knows how to get a TED Talk, who yeah. would not? Probably someone that's given a TED Talk, right? And yeah. I talked to this one guy, his name is Matt Stewart. And this one conversation is one that absolutely changed my life. He had done three TED Talks. And he asked me, Ryan, how many do you think I applied to? And Matt, he's, uh, he's from Vancouver, I think it was Canada or Alberta. I'm not sure which, but he's Canadian. I'm super awesome guy. And he, I said, well, Matt, you've done three. So obviously you've only applied to three. He said, no, Ryan, I've applied to 300. Wow. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And wow. I gave up at one, right? Oh, wow. And just the paradigm shift in that moment was, was huge for me because I thought, okay, I applied to one, got the night and gave up. When this guy applied to 300 and got three, okay. What if I applied to 100 more? What would happen with that? Um, and then I you know, was like, okay, game on, let's do this. And I applied to 15, 15 more through different mechanisms, okay. uh, meaning the website, um, like the, the TEDx events website, LinkedIn, and so forth. Um, ended up getting two of the 15 that I applied to. The first one was in Madrid. The second one was in England, a place called Lincoln, England. Lincoln, Lincolnshire is I think how you pronounce it. Um, and after doing those two, um, I put both of them on, on my LinkedIn account. Okay. And enough people started messaging me saying, hey, can you help me get a TED Talk? I'm a coach, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a business owner, can you help me? Wow. And I, I was just kind of ignoring them at first, but then I got enough messages that I thought, okay, let me help one person do this. Whoa. See if it works. See if I'm just lucky and what worked for me was just for me, or yeah. if I can help other people do this. And the first person I worked with, his name is Justin Rogers. And he, um, we worked together for about one month and he, he gave me a month of his coaching and I wanted to reciprocate the value. And I helped him, you know, get his Ted talk. And it, for him, he applied to one and got accepted to one. Whoa. And that was crazy. Um, and so I thought, okay, this works. Yeah. Um, let me see what I can do with this. And I didn't really put effort into it. I thought if, if it comes, it comes. Whatever happens, happens. I was thinking about it much more passively. Yeah. 
then I was working and still am today working for a company called Digital Prodigy uh, with a double E and not a Y. And we, I had a call that came in from my LinkedIn profile that someone had seen my TED talk, came to me to talk about an app idea they had, but then said, Ryan, I know you're here to talk about app development and marketing services, but the real reason I want to talk to you is to see if you can help me get a TED talk. Oh, my, like, oh my gosh. Okay. So cool. <laughs> I know, right? And in that moment, I think I'm here to like, we're here to talk about apps and the app idea you have and building that for you. The helping you get a TED talk is another call. It's a 30 minute call. I do that. It's separate from digital prodigy, what we're doing here. Um, but we could talk about that if that would make sense for you. He said, yeah, how, how much do I, how much would I owe you? And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, oh gosh, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to talk to this guy about how to help him get a TED talk. Uh, I thought so I'd just take a price in my... <laughs> Did you jack it up so he wouldn't? It? it would be too much. Exactly, exactly. And so I thought, what's the highest price I can say for a thirty-minute call? This guy will say no to. Uh-huh. I said, I was. I said, oh my gosh. Um, you know what? This will be a hundred fifty dollars for that thirty-minute call. He's and in my head, I'm thinking he's gonna say no, no way, whatever. He says, okay, cool. Where do I send the PayPal link, or where do I send the the payment? I said, here's the PayPal link. Let's go. And in my head, I'm like. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Someone's willing to pay $150 for a 30 minute call. This is crazy. And then, then from there I started um, thinking, okay, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I can help people with this. Right. And then um, I was doing a lot of different jobs at the same time, you know, building different businesses and working a few different contract gigs. I was very distracted, kind of like the, um, I, I, I heard someone say this in a, in a previous talk, he called it pizza brain. Where if you have your zone of focus, if you slice that with every everything, it becomes a pizza, right? And then you're doing so many different things at the same time, and each thing takes away from the energy you can give to that one thing. I get that, totally. Right. And um, so I went to this event. This uh, it was a Ryan Pineda event in September um, in Vegas. And we were at the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Wait. And a guy, um, you might be familiar with him, a guy named Alex Ramosi spoke on stage yeah. that day. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, he talked about leverage and how he, and this was one thing he said one, one day I was working nine businesses. I was doing, you know, dentistry office, marketing for chiropractors. I had an agency here. I was doing this. And his, his wife, um, Layla said, Hey, Alex, you seem really stressed. What if you were to take all the energy you're doing with these, all these things and put it into one thing. Yeah. And, he, and in that moment he said, well, I, that would be easy. That'd be a million dollars a month. No problem. And she, she said, well, have you thought of doing that? And he's like, in that moment, he's like, oh my gosh, why am I doing nine different businesses at the same time when I could just do one and it could be incredibly successful with all this energy in one place. And so he told that story and it just kind of clicked for me, which was I'm doing all of these other businesses. I'm helping people get internships. I'm trying to become a wholesaler of real estate. I'm trying to work this contract gig. I'm trying to sell mobile app services. And it was so many things that were in the way. And I realized, wait, what would happen if I just picked the one thing that people are already reaching out to me on LinkedIn to help them with? Yeah. I have all these warm inbound leads that people are looking for help. Why don't I just work with them? Why doesn't why isn't that what I do? Yeah. And that was the the moment that I I um I made the decision, okay, I'm gonna gonna work with this. And it was um it was funny because I was leaving the event that day after Mosey spoke and I went to the bathroom and everybody else kind of had had left. I leave the bathroom and I I'm walking out of the, the Mandalay Bay hotel in Vegas and 
I turn around and I see two people walking behind me with some, some other people and I don't think anything of it. But then I turn around again, like, wait, is that Alex and Layla? Wait. Uh-huh. And then I turn around again and I go, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Alex and Layla. And mm-hmm. I go up to them and I say, thank you so much for this amazing experience and this, this knowledge you shared on stage. It was really impactful. Could I get a photo with you? Yeah. And what he said, that was a pivotal moment for me, which was, I appreciate the sentiment. And he was very genuine about this. He, I could tell he did genuinely appreciate it. I appreciate the sentiment, but if I were to take a photo with you, if we were to take a photo with you, we get a line of people trying to take a photo with us. And we unfortunately can't do that. And I totally understood where they're coming from, but that as motivation, I was like, the next time I talk to this guy, it's going to be a business conversation, not a a fanboy kind of conversation. It was such good motivation. And so I sat down at the the food court at the Mandalay Bay hotel that right after that happened. And I uh, got to work and I thought, okay, I'm going to build a course. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. How can I help these people that are looking to get TED talks? It's so good. And I started, started thinking about building a course, doing research on how to do that. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was the biggest mistake course creators make is they make a course on the one way that it worked for them and how it works. They think that's that will work for everyone, but no. it doesn't. No, right? You know, yeah. now, so I totally get what you're saying. Right, Do good stuff here. And so, Alex said something on stage that I remembered when I was sitting at that food court that day, which was, a lot of people start with the do-it-yourself, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, service or product. Then they move into the done with you, normally group coaching. Then they move into the done for you, the highest ticket, highest fulfillment, um, lowest effort for the client type offer, right? Right. What he explained was what you should be doing is the reverse. You start with the done for you, the highest ticket. Then once you get that down, then you move into the done with you, the group stuff. Then once you're good at the group stuff, then you build the done, do it yourself. It's understand. That's right. And so- that was when I realized, okay, I'm going to, instead of building a course, I'm going to, you know, do, do this kind of framework. And then what it, we ended up doing was um, we actually started with the done for you. So it didn't even follow exactly what he said. Um, okay. We started with the done for you. And when I say we, that was me. Um, was, but, that, was that done for you? Is that one-on-one with you? Yeah. So the done for you is one of the ones we, we do now. Um, <laughs> but at the time we did the done with you. And this was a a cohort of three business owners and we helped them come up with their idea, helped them build their application. And then we taught them how to apply themselves. So it took about six months. They learned how they found their idea, built their application, knew how to apply themselves and they were, but they came to me and they said, Ryan, thank you so much. This is great, but we're business owners. Yeah. One thing we don't have an abundance of is time. Right. Right. And I think any business owner, you know, listening to, to you talk right now understands. Yeah, that, that's right. That hits with me. And so I thought, OK, what can we do? And they said, Ryan, can we just pay you guys to do all the applications for us? Um, and that was when we realized, wait. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. And that was when we pivoted our offer to the it brought us to the highest, you know, highest ticket, yeah. highest fulfillment, which yeah. was the done for you offer um and that was that was pretty cool and so that was when we pivoted the offer and um now we work with people like you know the build your brand live event we um i went up to a dr alok dr rewire and yeah. said hey have you thought of giving a ted talk um do you have any yeah. friends that would do it he said i have friends that i can set you up with 
but I want you to get me a TED talk first before I start referring you my, my buddies. I said, okay, cool, let's start. And now Dr. Rewire and I are working together to, to make that happen for him, right? Yeah. And so it's, um, now it's I just very cool. To, to I got kind of a backpedal on you. Shoot. This is, you're listening to Brilliance, but I want you to know as a speaker, you can have a rough go and still be authentic and come out of the other end. So tell us what happened. Was that your very first TED talk? When you sure, yeah, great, great question. Because this sounds all great and someone's thinking, oh yeah, but I can't do that. But Ryan is <laughs> from a place where he didn't give up. He's live on stage. And what happens? Sure, great question. So um once, once you get accepted to a TED Talk, they pair you with a script writer and the person helps you write their script. Then they pair you with a coach to work on the actual memorizing the script that, that they help you write. Uh-huh. So I had my entire script written. It was five pages, 12 minutes more or less of, of speaking when I timed it at the time. And I on the day of the, fir- of the first TED Talk, I'm sitting in, sta- in stage watching the people go before me. Okay. And I'm so nervous. Like my heart is beating. I, I was like, yeah, I was so, so much anxiety in the moment. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm about to give a TED talk. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I have the entire script memorized to a T. That's good. Yeah. And I get up on stage and I say the first two words of my script. Okay. Then I go blank. Wow. I forget the entire five pages that I had memorized and I saw you, you recovered brilliantly, but I <laughs> thank you, thank you. then what and happened? It's like the real authentic you just sure. Right. right on flower. And so, so in that moment, it was, um, what I guess the thought, thinking? what were you thinking right, at that moment? That in that moment, I'm standing on stage, looking up at everyone in the audience. And I think there was something psychological with the audience being above me and me looking up at them as opposed to looking down or looking, yeah. you know, yeah plateau um but it was oh my gosh just get off stage if you get off stage now ryan nobody will know the ted talk will never go online nobody will see it it'll be fine just go to step off but then the other side of me was saying you worked a year and a half two years to get here what would you say to yourself if you were to get off stage now and waste the opportunity that you worked your ass off to get to for two years so i thought all right if you're gonna fail fail big and I like just stepped into it with a new level of confidence, which was like, yeah. all right, let's do this. It was kind of a, a super authentic yeah. step into it. Um, but so the entire, the entire Ted talk was raw, authentic, wasn't scripted, but it was, it was easier that way, which yeah. was interesting. It surprised me because it was. Well, you were authentic. There was right. no, in some ways, I think you can have a script and still be authentic, but right. this script you of your crutch so the real you and based on the if you you can find it on youtube I and mean, he got comment after comment after comment mm-hmm. people leaning in and saying oh thank you for you i get you mm-hmm. you know that's what you want is experience. 100%. you know i mean that's just beautiful i mean granted i believe in preparation and everything but there's something about finding a way for that authenticity to come mm-hmm. out so what would you say, let's say there's someone listening right now. we got a few people listening and they'll listen to it yeah. on the podcast. And they're like, this is interesting. I mean, it's interesting to me too. Someone 
told me I need to be do a TED talk, but you know, I don't want to be distracted from what I'm doing now, but let's pretend like it's me. What, what would be the stages that you and your company or you yourself, what would be the stages? I mean, you don't have Good to question. exactly just the overall. Cause yeah, sure. Gonna, so no, it, not. um, it kind of breaks into at okay. least the first, the breaks into two main parts. Okay. First is acquiring the TED talk. Then it's preparing for it and giving it. The first part is you come up with your idea we're spreading and we help you with that because we figured out the framework that that works best to come up with your your TED talk. It worked for me for my first time. Okay. Then I tried with my second and it worked. Then I helped Justin and yeah. then it, I was like, okay, this, this framework works. So yeah. we help you with that framework, come up with the idea, what actually qualifies as an idea we're spreading. Then we actually build your application with you. Um, okay. So we took all the applications that we could find. There's, about 1,800 TED Talks um, that we could find links to at the time, scraped yeah. the applications, built a, an application that kind of covers everything that the majority would ask. That's so good. So we fill that out with you, um, answer the questions with you. Then once we have that, then we go and we do two things. So we actually, what we started doing was applying for you until you get accepted. That okay. was what we started doing. Right. But now we do almost a hybrid where we thought, okay, and this is from one thing Jen said, which is, Focus on what you're best at. And got the yes. What we started with doing was building relationships with all of the TEDx organizers. Ooh. And almost Good instead man. of putting up an application link and hoping the right person applies, it's now, hey, Ryan, we want this kind of person, this kind of person with this kind of idea in this okay. sector, in this niche, in this demographic, talking at our talk in eight to 12 months. Now we can go back and find that person. That's so, so Wow. That's... Once we have the application of the person, we know who they are, what they're looking to talk on, the niche they're looking to speak on, then we can go get them the actual TED Talk, yeah. whether that's through application or we are a conversation we have with one of our organizers. That's so then nice. once you're accepted, you get into the second part, and that's when you're paired with um, someone from TED. They actually help you write your script. So that was a big narrative with one of my clients I'm working with right now. He was actually at Build Your Brand Live as well. Yeah. He said, yeah, yeah, it was really scary to me. I thought I had to have the whole script done when I applied and I was really nervous. I was like, no, That's we, yeah, they help you. The script. Yeah. yeah. You get, you get accepted for your idea. And then a few questions that you answer in the application. Once yeah. you're accepted on that, then you actually build the, the that's script. Good. with the that's, that's really cool to hear personally. That's just, that, that's awesome. So they, they control, they control really what they're looking for. They know what's going to be good and, what's going to be like a Brene Brown and what's not. <laughs> I mean, right. so, well, that's awesome to hear. So now let me ask you, you're, you're leveraging, is that your main business or do you still have a few other streams of income? I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. So um, speaking to expand is one of the, I would say it is, it is my main business, um, okay. but I, I'm kind of subject to the pizza brain thing still as well, except it's yeah. instead yeah. of, you know, hoping th stuff will work out. It's more, controlled yeah. um so there's I speaking to, there's speaking to expand we help people get ted talks and leverage those ted talks um also now we we help them get on podcasts and then get paid speaking right. gigs if, after they've done their ted talk or before if they they're looking for that um yeah. Then we have digital prodigy which builds mobile apps for people um custom mobile apps as well as um offers a platform for people to build apps themselves not knowing how to code or anything um, and me and my business partner with Digital Prodigy, Dinah, uh, Dinah Redhouse, we 
had so many conversations with awesome app ideas that people had that we kind of got used to and learned how to figure out what's a good app idea and what's not. And we had this one idea um, that we ended up building ourselves and um, it's called nice. Ubi. And um, nice. we the proof of concept app up on the app store right now. But um, we're actually going to an event in three days called Culture Shift in Miami 2023 to look to our first, um, we're raising our first round. And nice. um, it's a very cool app. It's, I'm not sure how much I can disclose about it yet, um, but it's. No, as I'm listening to you, what I love that you have come to understand is uh, investing in yourself and going to some conferences. Yeah, you learn something, but you also bump into the right people. I mean, it just happens. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but that is just like, I mean, to think that you talk to Dr. Re, we tell him Dr. Rewire. I don't know what I have his book around here. Yeah, his name's Alok Trevetti. Thank you. I don't want to do a disgrace, but I mean, that is brilliant. I mean, I'm really, really excited to hear someone so young. And I understand leverage. I came back, I went to a conference before Build Your Brand. And then I went to Build Your Brand. And in the cross, the in the journey from that first conference to Build Your Brand, I had made this decision that I need to leverage. It's just not my speaking business. So I leverage with an alliance that teaches for women. It's just for women. It teaches personal development, uh, professional development, leadership, and speaking with an opportunity for residual income. So when you're talking about speaking, if there's a woman out there and saying, I can't do a TED uh, talk, what I love about our Speaker Academy, um, Ryan, is it's got to be one of the safest places just to learn the basics of speaking, of being on a stage. And that's what I went through in October, and I loved it. The hardest part was keeping it under 10 minutes. So that was my struggle. Personally, I wanted to throw up my whole life on the stage. But the idea that you get them a stage, then they got that time to work on their speech and how much time is it to where they get a stage and they work with Ted talk? How much time is there for them to craft the talk and, and get used to being on stage? I was just curious. Sure. So Ted talks, uh, TEDx talks, that is, they normally open up their talks for applications six to eight months prior to the talk being given. Okay. Um, so you get accepted. Normally you have three, months to prepare my first one was a time crunch because COVID pushed out the date um so it was only a month to prepare and all that kind of stuff after being accepted yeah but normally it's about three months um is how long you'll have to actually work with the coaching team that ted provides you with i know someone in my mastermind small group it, what was a ted got on ted talk i think she had, she had a brain injury too um, but I just, I don't, someone can be listening right now. And I am, I am, my, my target market is women, but, uh, you want to get a Ted talk and then have a safe place to learn, please get in touch with me, get in touch with Ryan first, but I love to see, that's my heart is I'm a speaker. Mm. I want to help people release their voices. Um, uh. gone through crud gone through trauma like you and then out of that you find you're no longer voiceless you find your voice and then you get to speak to the person mm -hmm. you once so sure you get to speak to the people you once were meaning 
you can speak to anyone who's gone through a trauma. It doesn't have to be a trauma. The ability that for you to have empathy and compassion. And I think that's what came through in your TED talk where you went blank. I really think the real Ryan just stepped up there with all his empathy and you know, all the greatness that God put in you. So this has been awesome. So how can people get in touch with you? Sure. I think I want to check this out. So what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? First, I would say one one thing I want to leave, okay. leave you with and leave everyone with that I think if I would have known this, okay. it would have changed everything for me. Um, I genuinely believe every person has a TEDx, TED idea worth spreading in them. You just need a little bit of help finding it. Everybody has one. That gave me, uh, that gave me chills. Oof. And so if, if you want to um, have a conversation with me about that, um, I would say the, the two best places you could find me. One would be on Instagram. Um, I haven't really put much content out there on my Instagram, but that, that works to contact me. Uh, Ryan.w.brady. Um, yeah, I did. my Instagram account. Ryan and then, yeah, because I had to find you on Instagram. So that was good. Okay. Say, again, then, say your Instagram handle again. Ryan, R-Y-A-N.w.brady, B-R-A-D-Y. Yeah. Um, and then my LinkedIn account works as well. I'm I'm definitely more active on LinkedIn for, for business. I've, I've put a lot more time into that, but I am working on growing the Instagram page and uh, making it so it actually has valuable content because right now there's nothing. Yeah, um, I'm put it on the show notes so that they can reach you at, at yeah. Instagram or LinkedIn. So, wow. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and really you just provided so much value for our audience. So thank you, well, Ryan. I, I'm going to be watching you, maybe a bump up in, in another conference because it's just great to me. I'm so glad I bumped into you. And I'm thinking you're talking TikTok and you are talking TED Talk. That's just too cool. So, all right, you are listening to the Kingdom Mentor podcast. I'm Teresa Croft. Please, hey, this is value. Leave a review. You can also go to ratethispodcast.com. And thanks for listening to the Kingdom Mentor podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Unleashing Kingdom Voices podcast. We hope today's episode has inspired you to embrace and amplify your unique voice. For more insights, resources, and information about our courses, AI tools, and our incredible guests, visit TeresaCroft.com.